First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. Back in October, early November last year, we had a wonderful class here called Talking Across the Line. And the whole purpose of the class was because so many of us had folks that we loved and we wanted to have conversations with, but who were on the other side of political and social divides. It was a great class. We talked about strategies and way to talk, ways to talk to people where our ideologies didn't match. Patriotism and nationalism fall squarely in those areas for so, so many of us. We may dearly love people whose ideas about these things don't match our own. As Unitarian Universalists, we are called to the democratic process by our principles. It means something to us, something theological. It's not an empty idea. And so all this conversation around what's a patriot and what's a nationalist matter. Now, I don't know if I have any Stephen Van Zant fans in the room. Do I have any? Anybody who likes? Okay, I got a few. Stephen Van Zant song from a few years back. I'm a patriot, and I love my country because my country is all I know. I want to be with my family, the people who understand me, because I've got nowhere else to go. I ain't no communist. I ain't no capitalist. I ain't no socialist. I ain't no imperialist. I ain't no Democrat. I ain't no Republican. I only know one party, and it's freedom. Because I am a patriot. Bob Dylan rewrote the words of Samuel Johnson and said, Patriotism is the last refuge to which a scoundrel clings. I quite like that one. Patriotism can be misused. We all know that. But a lot of times when it gets misused, it's nationalism wearing a patriotism costume. Stephen Decatur wrote, Our country, in her intercourse with foreign nations, may she always be in the right, but right or wrong, our country. But G.K. Chesterton said, My country, right or wrong, is a thing no patriot would think of saying. It's like saying my mother, drunk or sober. Our principles don't include either patriotism or nationalism, but that call to a unified world a responsible search for truth and meaning, and the support of democracy. And to live up to that, we have to understand these ideas, because when they go amiss, you're left with a nation that's not capable of democratic thought or process. As I said this morning during Children's Chapel, these two words have their ideas in the same place, the love of country. But the similarities really do end there. Nationalists think they're superior. Their country, their culture, their ethnicity, and their interest to them are so much more important than the interest of others. 
And they're afraid of people who don't share these ideas. Or they devalue people who are different than them. White supremacists, Nazis, these are forms of nationalist. Unfortunately, our former president, Donald Trump, openly claimed he now identifies as a nationalist. That's challenging. Patriots are more encompassing in their love of country. We're large and we're diverse, so patriotism looks a bunch of ways. It has roots in freedom and our opportunities and in our boundless hope and generosity. Charles de Gaulle said, patriotism is when the love of your own country comes first. Nationalism, when hate for people other than your own comes first. That really rocked me the first time I heard it. Are you a patriot or are you a nationalist? Well, that depends. First, you have to decide how you feel about American exceptionalism. The idea that the United States has some kind of mission and character that separates it from other nations. And that's ingrained in everyday talk about American politics. It shapes high-level discussions about foreign policy. We still claim we play a unique role as the world's anchor of liberal ideas. It shapes conversation about domestic policy, too. It leads us to think that America's internal divisions and problems are somehow distinctive. And that by implication, other countries can't tell us much about hand, how to handle them. This is white supremacy in another form. It's American supremacy. Are we really exceptional? Well... <laughs> Exceptionalism says we've got two things going on. We have a messianic mission to promote liberty and democracy. And two, we're called to colonize, to take control of things we didn't own and make them ours. You can see how well that is going in the Ukraine. Colonizing these days is a bad, bad idea. This wrong-headed emphasis on exceptionalism is unfortunate. It complicates the task of building a global coalition to actually defend freedom, to actually make democracy happen. We need that kind of coalition. Around the world, democracy is perceived to be in retreat. Russia is getting brave. China, a one-party state, will soon have the world's biggest economy. We need all the friends we can get. Exceptionalism also undermines the country's capacity to deal with one of the biggest problems of democratic governance. That's the problem of managing sharp internal divisions without resorting to methods that crush liberties and respect for minorities. Each of us needs all of us to make it through this world. As any history book will tell you, the United States has a lot of experience with the exceptionalism problem, but so do other countries. India deals with it on a much larger scale. There is an opportunity to learn across borders, but rhetoric about exceptionalism makes it less likely this will happen. We don't want to learn. In this century, the pursuit of traditional American ideals requires new ways of thinking. 
the ambition to advance freedom and democracy is broadly shared. So is experience in translating this into practice. To defend this, all of the countries of the world, all the democracies, have to pull together in common cause our goal of one world. We have to adopt a new point of view, unexceptionalism. We want to acknowledge the commonalities and the differences in the American experience. But if we're not uniquely some kind of leader, well, what is our role? What are we supposed to be doing? Patriotism is something most of us heard about growing up, the Pledge of Allegiance. There aren't a lot of other countries that make children do that every day. I still get a lump in my throat and sometimes a tear in my eye when I hear the Star-Spangled Banner. I've been known to cry at the Budweiser Clydesdales. <laughs> I love the United States. But in our country's current divisive political climate, we've lost the difference between patriotism and nationalism. Nationalists fly the U.S. flag and claim it's theirs alone, that we're somehow not worthy of it. Patriotism is about seeing our flaws, being constructively critical, engaging in social justice. That's all part of patriotism. Nationalism is patriotism on steroids. It's idolatry the worship of God and nation woven into the same fabric and unable to tell one from the other. Such a form of nationalism can be seen most fully when a pastor of a large evangelical church called anyone who criticized the U.S. invasion of Iraq a traitor. That's nationalism. Patriotism calls us to something higher. We're not exceptional. We're not called out by some God. We're just us. Our nation and its founding was established with ideals of freedom and religion. We didn't get it right. Not for a long, long time and still not yet, but we're trying. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, a system of justice. We're getting closer to those things. I read the following statement, when patriots wave the flag, they're fully aware that it symbolizes and represents wonderful ideals, but not every decision and action our government makes. When nationalists wave the flag, it's to sanctify whatever America does. Patriotism takes pride in our history, but the focus is on the future. It works toward a nation's achievement of ideals. Nationalism looks to the past and says that everything we've done was right regardless of morality. There's a lovely piece, and I say that with all due irony, of German nationalist propaganda spoken by Hermann Goering, chief of the Nazi propaganda department. He, he said, the people can always be brought to the bidding of its leader, tell them they're being attacked and that they're in danger, then denounce the peacemakers for the lack of patriotism and for exposing the nation to danger. It works the same way in any nation, even a democracy. Sound familiar? 
Over the years, our politicians at times have become chicken little. We're being attacked. We're being invaded. We're in danger. The sky is falling. Fear for your lives. Fear them. Fear those. Fear us. Fear you. For me, I choose patriotism and truth over fear and lies. Each of you are called by your faith, by our UU polity, to live your values in the world. You're called to live responsibly. You're called not to make proud claims to false superiority. You're called to unexceptionalism. Sing America the beautiful, but don't ignore our faults and our flaws. Be proud of our country and critique her every day. Do the intersectional work of justice and know that it is the purest form of patriotism. We are not alone, and that is absolutely beautiful. May every nation join together in one world dedicated to peace and justice and equity and beauty. But it's going to take human hands to do this work, and those hands are your hands. Those hands are Republican and Democrat and Socialist and Independent and Green altogether. Those hands are all of us. Not nationalist, isolated behind a wall, but patriots proud of our country and determined to make her shine. Amen.